Welcome to the Driving Force Podcast, a podcast for new and aspiring leaders within the transportation and logistics industry. I'm your host, AP, and along with Matt Loggins, we have over 20 years of combined experience within the transportation and logistics industry. But more importantly, we're young, hungry, and nimble, and we've used that to our advantage to navigate, advance, and grow in an ever-changing industry. So without further ado, here is the Driving Force Podcast. Welcome to the Driving Force Podcast. Today's guest, we have Andrew Schmitz. He's the CEO and co-founder of Proceed.app. He's been in that role for the past two years, and before that was a senior project manager at the Conover Company. So welcome, Andrew. Um, thanks for being here today. Um, we know you're the CEO, co-founder of Pro- Proceed.app. He's been in that role, what, the past two years? Uh, before that, senior project manager. Uh, at the Conover Company. Um, wanna, welcome, obviously. One of the first questions we always ask and wanted to get your uh, uh, insight on is what's the single piece of advice, best piece of advice you've ever received before and even after becoming CEO? Yeah, well, hey, AP and Matt, thanks for having me on the show today. i uh, really happy to be here. Um, yeah, I mean, advice is... Uh, you know, something that as a young entrepreneur, I get a lot of, right? Um, and uh, actually one of my favorite pieces of advice that, um, uh, that has really impacted my, my trajectory in the startup world is a piece of advice on advice. Uh, so uh, hear me out on this. I was at a party one time and, and um, a guy who is a tech, tech entre- entrepreneur and, and leader in Silicon Valley, um, or the West Coast, I should say, he said, you know, he was talking to me about my business, asking me some questions, like, you know, kind of telling me some things that maybe I should think about. Uh, and then he stopped all of a sudden and he said, I'm not going to should you anymore. And I was like, oh, what do you mean? He's like, you get shoulded a lot. You know, I'm not going to should you anymore today. So. I kind of took that and I was like, oh, that's actually really great. You know, I, I like that. And you're right. As a young entrepreneur, I get told what to do all the time, even if I don't want their opinion, right? But what's really important and what I took from that is, sure, I get shoulded a lot, but it's my responsibility to figure out what shoulds I should listen to. And, you know, a lot of people will take advice at its face value and redirect their lives and their businesses. It's your your job to evaluate all this and make sure that the advice you're getting is, you know, incredibly relevant to you. And, and you have to think about the lens that that person uh, is talking from. Um, so, yeah, that's my best piece of advice I've received is, is uh, advice on advice. <laughs> so... That's no, that's good. That's good. I think you 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 you, you touched on something that um, we probably don't want to overlook too much is that your journey is your journey, right? And and sometimes you have to make those mistakes that other people other people have made in order to learn a lesson. Maybe it's a hard lesson to learn sometimes, but you have to learn it and you have to touch the stove even though it's hot kind of thing. Um, and that can be incredibly important to you know how you the the scar tissue that you you develop, right? And the things that you learn from those those 
failures or, or faults or anything like that can be can be incredibly powerful um, powerful for you as you grow up and as you grow your business. Absolutely, I agree one hundred percent. Yeah. So, so what's the the worst piece of advice you've ever received? There is a lot. Like I said, you, you get so much advice uh, from people. But I will say, when looking back at uh, my life and career, you know, probably the worst bit of advice you know that I that I received was from a lot of different people in life, but was the pressure of like going into college. Um, and for me, you know, a higher education was not the right route. Uh, and I learned the hard way uh, that it wasn't and fell into the pressure and the advice of other people to go to college. And my happiness in life and my success really started coming when I finally said, you know what, this isn't for me. Why am I forcing it? Why, why, why would I continue to be miserable? And I'm not, you know, I have to back this all up and say, so I previously, you mentioned, I worked for the Conover company. Conover is in education. They do software sales for education. So I'm not against education at all. I love education. And I think it's really transformative for people. Um, but I will say for me personally, going down the education route was not the right thing for me, you know, and it was the advice I was given from my parents, from my grandparents, from other people you meet to say, you know, if you want a high paying job someday, like you got to go to college. Right. That was one of the worst bits of advice I've received. And I won't blame them for it. I mean, there's a lot of societal pressure and, you know, all this that, that people have um, that build their assumptions on, on the path you need to take to, mm -hmm. to gain success in life. But uh, for me, it wasn't the case. So that, that would that'd be the worst. So, so I'm curious, when did you, when did that, that light bulb click on for you? Like, you know, this is, this is not a, a tenable situation for me and, and my happiness and my growth. Yeah. Well, you know, that kind of gets into my journey. So I yeah, yeah, talk yeah. about okay. that a little bit, um, you know, and, and so I, I've been an entrepreneurial kind of guy for a long time, problem solver. Also something that, um, uh, I like to tell people about myself is I'm a visual learner. Uh, and that's been like central, central guiding light through my life. Uh, it really has shaped my career and also is a big reason why school just really sucked for me. And I, I really didn't, you know, it just was really difficult. Um, so I went to high school, you know, graduated, took a gap year, kind of traveled around, did some work, uh, actually worked for a startup hospital out in Africa to help doing some branding and visual design stuff. I uh, have always been a theater person, technical theater. So I was a lighting designer for a while and I had a really great opportunity to go out to New York and uh, shadow some uh, Broadway lighting designers and work at one of the most iconic venues in the world, you know, did all that, uh, came back after not really liking the top. I could see the top of the entertainment industry and I was like, yeah, this isn't really for me. I, I want to go back uh, to Wisconsin. I went to college kind of based on just pressure from other people. And then what occurred is I, I met a couple people in my life that really uh, showed me like, you know, what are you doing? Why, why would you, you know, um, you've had success, you've grown other businesses, uh, you're an entrepreneurial guy, you're a problem solver, like I'll pay you right now to come work in my business uh, if you drop out of college. Uh, and so it was actually that, um, you know, I, I hate to say it because it makes me sound like money was the only thing that mattered, but it's probably the most important 
uh, or the moment, the deciding moment for me was when I was offered a job that the salary was twice as much as I thought I could make outside of college. And so, I, you know, the simple, well, why would I continue to go down this path? That's a, that's a definite sign. <laughs> yeah, a definite so, I mean, and I, I say that because it was much more than a money decision. It was also a spiritual and emotional decision to, to decide to drop out of college. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it did kind of center around that moment as well. Uh, and for me, I was really, really fortunate to have that moment. So anyways, I, I, I dropped out of college. I continued to work at the Conover company, um, had a really great experience there. And that's when I fell in love with cloud-based companies. I was a project manager and I started a side hustle for myself as a doing training development for small businesses that led to the eventual development of proceed.app mm-hmm. uh, and uh, I quit my job my full-time job in um, in March of 2019 uh, so since then you know founded proceed.app and been growing it ever since. How much did you have to change and adapt from what you were doing then to what you knew you had to change and go to? Yeah. Uh, so from <laughs> the point when I decided to drop out of college, it was actually not. I fortunately had been able to work prof- in a professional setting before uh, with my lighting design aspirations. So, you know, the, the professional setting wasn't something I wasn't. Uh, or I, it was something that I was familiar with. So the mindset of like, okay, I'm no longer a student, like now I'm a professional, was actually pretty easy for me to make, fortunately because of my previous experience. But I mean, it definitely is a change, right? I mean, you go from academic, personally, I believe like uh, colleges could do a better job at preparing people for the real world. You know, the, the real world, uh, you know, you're a professional. Um, but I say that as someone who only went to college for a little bit. So maybe, no, maybe no. towards the end of college, there's more of that, but um, <laughs> you know, I, uh, for me, it was a relatively easy transformation. When I came out of college, you know, I felt like there were things that I wish I would have known, you know, just just everyday professional skills that you, there's not a class for it. Um, yeah. <laughs> as you go, right? And so it's like, man, why didn't they like, I don't know, teach a course on, you know, how to do this, how to negotiate, how to do, you know, just different stuff. And it's like, to your point, you got to learn it without that. Yeah. You know, and I will say college does teach you a work ethic and that that's, you know, something fortunately I, I was able to get in other ways. So, you know, I, I say all this with the real hesitance of like, I don't want to sound like I'm against college because that's not the case at all. Um, but for, for certain people, like you can get educated on those soft skills, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, emotional intelligence side of working as a professional in other ways. So talk about how you had to change from uh, working for a, a company to, to running and, and managing your own. Yeah. So, uh, and that's, that's a, a great question. Obviously things really do change when, when it's suddenly your money and your, uh, you know, trajectory fully on the line. Right. So, um, I will say, so the, the company I was working for, uh, Conover was a relatively small team and it almost felt like a 30 year old startup in many ways. Uh, 
you know, it was as a project manager, I was very hands-on in my concept design of a product all the way to fulfillment, right? So, um, you know, we, I had kind of a good experience from that, but I, I will say I leaned on a lot of tools when going off and developing my own company and I made a lot of mistakes along the way. Some of the things, you know, in, in the startup world, well, I'll tell you this, one of the, one of the challenges I faced as a, a, a startup, and actually maybe I should tell people what, what Proceed.app is. Uh, yeah, 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 that'll, yeah. that'll, that'll help, be good. That'll help, yeah. uh, so uh, some context. Yeah, right, right. yeah, so Proceed.app is in, in real simple terms, it's a mobile app and a desktop app that it does visual knowledge management. So we work with a lot of manufacturing companies, um, now getting into logistics uh, and distribution centers, and they use our app to create standard operating procedures, training materials, safety instructions, work guides, other kind of operational documentation by using photos and videos. So that's where my uh, you know visual learning preference kind of ties into all this. So it's super easy to whip your phone out capture, you know, step-by-step step using bite-sized visual content, you know, document processes, and then share it with your team and control who has access to what. Um, and then one of the coolest things you do, since we're a cloud-based platform, we collect a lot of data on how your employees actually use the system. We can provide insight to management teams on how your employees use it. And then we can give you pointers on like things that you should correct to make it better. So continuous improvement, right? Basic example of this is, what are your employees searching for, but not finding today? And then you might realize, oh, there's a gap in our knowledge library that we should fill, right? right. So that, that's what we do in a nutshell, but Proceed is a very uh, technology-centered company. It's a tech startup. Uh, one of the biggest challenges I faced as someone new to being a startup, or new to being a founder um, of a tech company, uh, was that I wasn't a tech person. So I don't actually code at all. Like I don't do any of that. Um, which, uh, what, you know, my assumption when I was working at Connor was like, well, I can't, I can't, you know, own a tech company if I don't know how to code. Like, you know, how, how would I ever do that? Turns out uh, it's far from the case. I mean, the easiest part of Proceed.app, like the lowest risk part of our company is can the technology be built? absolutely can be built. I mean, we're doing nothing like crazy, right? Mm -hmm, Easy mm -hmm. to visualize. Um, it can definitely be built. But what's harder to understand and where my skills come in is can we change people's behavior? And can we can we drive customer adoption, right? And user adoption. And that's way trickier than can we actually build a web app. But that is one of the things I had to learn was, you know, uh, you know, how do you build a tech company with no tech experience? Right, right. Contrast the difference between, you know, being a project manager to all of a sudden having to, to understand that you're not good at, at coding, but you're very good at this. And how do you surround yourself with a team that can do the things that you're really not good at? But, but also empower them to have the voice and have the, the vision that, that you lay out, but can be altered and changed over time. Yeah, what you said about vision is one of the biggest lessons I learned uh, the first year of being in business. Uh, mm -hmm. So like I went through, I had found a technical co-founder to join the team and they actually left the business like a couple months later, mm -hmm. which was a huge challenge. And so there I was again with a half-built half prototype um, with no way of adjusting it, you know, right. and changing it, adding stuff to it. 
Um, so I had to go back into like finding a new tech team. But the thing that I realized as a leader and, you know, as a leader of a company that like it was important that I had their buy-in because mm-hmm. um, if I didn't, if I lost their buy-in, then, you know, we didn't move forward at all. Um, so what I realized is that I wasn't, I wasn't conveying the vision well enough. Um, and that's why I like what you just said, because that, that was one of the biggest lessons I learned year one. It was it as the uh, founder of the company and the the visionary, like it's important to craft a vivid vision of where you're going. Mm-hmm. And then what most people don't think about, and this is where I kind of fell flat, is maintaining the vision. So visions change as you as you pivot through your startup, your business is going to be different than you've ever imagined Imagine. it initially. Right. But as the as the visionary, like you, when it changes, you have to recognize that it's changing, and then you have to make sure that other people are changing with you, right? And that everyone's on the same path. Because as soon as visions aren't clear anymore, they're not vivid. You know that that's when problems really start to arise in startups. So that that was one of the the biggest lessons I've learned so far from. From running proceed you know what was that epiphany moment like for for you when that happened um was the the people leaving your the the organization that that moment we realized i haven't communicated well enough to them regarding how i see things happening or how things have evolved since we've had our previous discussions what was that like oh yeah i mean i'm i'm a highly reflective guy so like when things happen in my life i like to think back and like uh, why, why, how could this have been different or, or you know, um, a big part of it is just taking personal responsibility, right? Like no matter what, I mean, even, even if I did, if I did nothing wrong, if I had a clear vision, what I didn't do wrong and if they still left or what I didn't do right is I chose the wrong people, right? So I would have been reflecting on like, how did, how could I have chosen different people? And, and in some ways in this example, that was kind of the case, but you know, there's, as the business owner, like if things aren't moving, it's because you're doing something that you shouldn't be or that you aren't doing something that you should be. Um, so, I mean, yeah, that it was uh, that in my life, that was one of the, the most alone feelings. Like I've never felt more alone when they left. It was terrifying. I mean, like, think about it. We had people ready to use this. We had people in the system using our prototype and I had no way of supporting them and making sure that you know, we're, we're moving along. So it was terrifying. And it's when when there's a terrifying moment like that, that's when you really look in and you have to evaluate what's going on and, and learn from it. Um, so yeah, that, that was kind of the epiphany moment or yeah, just deep reflection at that point, really. Yeah, no, look, and I think something that we um, we talked about in the past here is that like on the other side of that moment, like where you could have said, you know what, it's not working. I'm losing. You know, I lost good people. I have a, a half functioning app. I have things. I don't feel good about things. I don't feel great about you know my decision choices at this point. Most people give up, right? And they they say, you know what, it's not it's not it's not my cup of tea. I'll I'll go find something else to do with my time and 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 try start over again, right? Try to force it, right? Well, well not they they just don't force it, right? They don't they don't move past that point of. It, it's uncomfortable, right? And and when when if you're able to get past the point of being uncomfortable and being comfortable in that moment, then that's when you you press forward and you achieve your goals, 
and you're you're different in in a good way from it because you, you understand how it felt and so you try not to make those same mistakes again but you're past it right and so there was this guy uh, i forgot his name but he talks about how you know starting a business isn't hard doing things aren't hard it's 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 when it becomes difficult and most people quit during that process that's where the other businesses succeed and they have longevity and success because they they pushed through that difficult moment and they hadn't let it stop them from being successful and so you know kudos to you for for recognizing that and 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 really leaning into hey okay it's not working now i don't feel good yeah, about I mean, it and a yeah. lot of people see businesses they recognize the success but behind that success is you know like the famous iceberg photo right like yep. here's all of the crap that you had to endure to get to that point but people exactly. only see it from that that final uh you know huge success uh mm-hmm. whatever so it's the it's yeah. a social media effect right i mean people yeah only show, yeah people yeah. only show the good stuff they never show you the bad stuff absolutely absolutely Well, and you mentioned um, leadership, right? What, who were some of the people, mentors along the way that that kind of helped shape your your views on leadership and, and how you lead others? Yeah, that's that's a great question. Um, you know, there's like leaders that I've never met before, right? And you can only know through their public personas, uh, and I don't even need to name them because there's you know the ones that I'll name, people are familiar with. Um, but personally, I mean, um, you know, I, I fortunately at Conover worked really closely with the CEO and he, he was a very smart business guy, different leadership style than I had, but from working with him, you, you learn a lot on leadership styles. And so I reported directly to him, which was, um, a really great learning experience on just how to run a business and how to how to lead a team. Additionally to that, there's a couple um, like business leaders that I have as mentors in the area here that I've learned some great lessons from. I mean, one of my favorite moments or things to remember on is uh, an older CEO of a manufacturing company around here. And he says, you know, like all my job is today is I'm a cheerleader. You know, I get behind my team and I cheer them up. I have all their birthdays on my calendar and when it's their birthday, I go around and I make sure I say happy birthday to them. Um, Because, you know, it's not about, it's not, you know, leadership is about empowering other people and not not using them to empower you. So yeah, there's there's a lot, handful of people that I have to, uh, and I'm not even gonna name names because I'm no, afraid I'd miss someone. But <laughs> no, that's you know. fine. You, you mentioned empowering other people. I mean, as a CEO, you can't do everything. You have to delegate. So I mean, I don't that's want to do everything. No, you don't <laughs> want to do everything either, right? So that's key. I, I... Talk. You know, we talked about you know a, a little bit of the things that that you had to change. Uh, since moving into a, a CEO slash leadership role, how has your day had to change? You talked about a little bit about you know the guy who's a cheerleader who who you you recognize that you know there are different roles and different hats you have to wear, but but how has your day ha- have the ch- has to change uh, since becoming a CEO of, of your company? Yeah, so I, I have a small team still, so I'm very active in the day to day. You know, like you know, in many ways, the CEO is a title, right? Because um, someone has to be it. But you know, I I'm on a day to day standpoint, I'm 
picking up the phone, dialing numbers, calling people and trying to sell our product to get more traction and to, you know, also learn about market trends and how to can be more strategic in different areas. And that's actually how I met Matt. You know, I was reaching out, looking for some feedback and insight into the logistics industry. You know, and I love people, right? I mean, like networking is my favorite part of the job. Fortunately for me, that's the hat I need to be wearing right now. Um, so it's easy to do, but I will say, you know, we're year three in May. Well, it'll be year three. You know, stuff that I'm starting to think about more heavily now and it weighs on my mind is I have families, right? To think about uh, and in my own family and also the family of my co-founders and contractors that we work with, you know, there's, there's mouths to feed kids to go to college. Um, and so, you know, that really is motivating in many ways. Um, and, and something as you grow your team that, and we're small right now and it's already on my mind. So I can only imagine as we grow, uh, that's going to be, that's going to be more heavy on the mind, I guess. Uh, yeah, no, look, I think, you know, hopefully, and, and I think this is talking to you and getting to know you a little bit through this process that, that you won't let that go. Right. I think most some people who as they grow their business they sometimes get detached from the people part of it and it just becomes a, a numbers and and a you know people in the system you know, they can be easily replaceable if they don't achieve the goals that i have in my mind um, but having that that insight into um being able to, to to keep the people first you know your business will be successful because of because the people will, will, will shepherd your vision your thoughts and your ideas as as the company grows yeah, I mean, it, the business doesn't happen without them. So I, it's it's the top priority of mine is to make sure that we, you know, are taking care of people and the people that they take care of too. Well, no, and that's great. I mean, can't have a team, like you said earlier, with different visions, but you also have to realize that that team is, is you picked them for a reason, right? So they're great at what they do and they do their things and you do your things. Let me ask you this. What kinds of tools? I know you mentioned earlier emotional intelligence was one of the things uh, that, that was critical. Soft skills. What are some of the other tools you think are critical for people in, in just professional success? Um, you know, not necessarily they had to go to college, but just to be successful. What do you think those tools are, are that are needed? Yeah, so I, I love um you know, uh, different kind of frameworks and things that you can you can use to simplify processes. I mean, people have been building companies, building teams for a lot longer than I've been alive. So uh, there's a lot to lean on and, and stuff to learn so you can make fewer mistakes. Um, one of the biggest things I will say, and I was thinking about this ahead of time because I don't know if maybe you guys uh, have had other startup founders on here. Um, but uh, one of the tools I wanted to mention, if anyone's thinking about starting a company um, that's listening, the, the single book uh, and process that has changed the game for me as a founder um, and entrepreneur is The Lean Startup by Eric Ries. Not sure if you guys are familiar, but um, it's a really great, different way to think about building product and building a company and it talks about using a minimal viable product approach testing your assumptions failing fast um, and and building upon uh, your findings and so um, that tool alone is something i think about almost every day when we talk about going into new markets what's the minimal 
viable amount of effort, you know, that I need to apply somewhere to test assumptions that I have. Uh, so it's on a marketing and sales standpoint, but then also on a product development standpoint, why are we developing this? What is it doing? What assumptions are we testing? What did we learn? That kind of stuff. Um, and, you know, most people fall into the, if I build it, they'll come kind of mentality. Lean startup like breaks that way down and says, no, nah, I mean, don't build it unless, <laughs> unless you test some key assumptions to make sure that you can change behavior and, and drive uh, adoption. Well, and to your point, there's so much competition, right? There's so many tech startups out there. And yeah, they probably don't do exactly what you do. But to your point, how do you reach that audience? How do you get into that market? You you can't just sit back and wait for people to come to you when you're you're a new brand. Yeah, and competition isn't a bad thing. I mean, I, I looked at competition, the competitive landscape that preceded, and it's pretty full. Um, but that actually tells me like, oh, there's a lot of money here. Obviously, if people are building this and companies are buying it, like that means there's a need, right? A market need. But, you know, something I kind of learned the hard way, I learned the hard way with a different company I started closer towards high school and burned a lot of money on. Um, but we built a product, a physical product, before really validating the market and testing, like, can we drive, um, is it something that drives them to adopt change? And, you know, $10,000 later for an 18 year old, like, that's a lot of money. So, um, you know, like it was, it was, um, it was a mistake I made, uh, but in many ways, uh, it was totally worth it because uh, you know, you make fewer of those mistakes uh, the more you make them. So, right. um, especially at that price tag. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Learning lessons. That's like cheap for a lot of people, right? I mean, uh, but but you know, I didn't have ten thousand dollars to burn at the time. So, <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, right. most people don't. So, yeah, kudos to you for putting that out there and and taking a chance on something and and actually taking what you learn from that and moving on to, to what you're doing now. Yeah, but that's why I love talking, you know, on podcasts like these, because if anyone, you know, from this picks up the lean startup and saves themselves $10,000, like to me, you just never know the, you know, exponential result of, of talking, you know, from on platforms like these about your mistakes. And that's why I'm really open about it because it's not a, badge of you know honor but like you know i i probably should have listened to more podcasts when i was getting (laughs) so well we know you want to pay it forward so that that's appreciate you sharing all this today a few closing questions um what's one thing you wish you had known when you began your career uh, like, like I just kind of said, tie right back into that, you know, um, learn from other people's mistakes. Uh, you know, don't, don't think that you know everything. Um, you know, I think that's a pretty common thing for a young, young guy. Um, but you know, like listen to podcasts, um, uh, pick up books and, and read the, uh, what other people have, have found and, and, um, you know, like the lean startup, that kind of stuff. Um, those kind of things. I would say like, just educate yourself more and it doesn't have to be through college. It could have been, you know, through whatever. Um, 
but yeah, self, uh, development, I guess is what I would have told myself earlier. No. And that's, that's great. I mean, I, you mentioned the lean startup. So I think that's going to be a huge resource to our listeners. Um, especially if they're thinking about a startup. Um, but even if they're not, I mean, it, it sounds like it has valuable insights. Where would be the best place for some of our guests to connect with you? Um, you know, and, and learn more about what you're doing with proceed.app and just learn more about you. Yeah, absolutely. So I love, like I said, people and connecting, networking. Uh, so please do reach out. Uh, best way to reach me is just on LinkedIn, Andrew Schmitz, um, you know, and our company's on there as well, uh, proceed.app. If you want to check out our company, um, our company name is our website. So proceed.app in a web browser, we'll show you what we do. Um, and yeah, I'm mean, happy to connect with people. Uh, and also my email, I guess, uh, Andrew at Proceed.app is my email. Um, but happy to talk to anyone about uh, what we do at Proceed.app, but also, and in, in, uh, more fun sometimes, uh, you know, just starting a business and, and the lean startup approach. Um, you know, it's, I love connecting with people getting started in businesses and uh, talking through ideas and that kind of stuff. So thanks again for being on. I know you're a busy guy, especially being a CEO, trying to do all these different things. You're, you're trying to grow the business. So thank you very much for, for being on the show. We really yeah. Thank, thanks for the opportunity guys. Uh, really appreciate that as well. Thanks again for Andrew Schmidt for sharing his story and the lessons learned along his journey. You can connect with Andrew via LinkedIn. The link to his bio is in the show notes. You can also connect with us via the links in the show notes to our LinkedIn profiles, as well as the Driving Force podcast page. Love to get your feedback, so please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts and give us a rating. And as always, thanks for listening. And remember, you're closer to your destination than where you started from. Don't look back. Don't turn back. Keep moving. Keep pushing forward.